You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. By faith we receive also everything we have. Look at what you have in Jesus Christ in the first three chapters of Ephesians. Everything that is in that book we have been given by God's grace, but we receive it by faith. We receive it. We believe it. We receive it. So the Lord outlines all the land that he wants to give to the Israelites as an inheritance. God is not a withholding, stingy dictator. He is a loving, generous Father, and His doors are wide open to anyone who places their faith in Him. As Pastor Dave will explain in today's message, you don't have to work hard or clean yourself up to claim His inheritance. You just need to trust in Him, and it's yours. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 13 as he begins his message, The Satisfied Life of the Borderline Believer. Joshua 13. So we've been making our way through this really, really interesting book of Joshua, a book of war, but we've been learning how to be the victorious Christian. We've been applying Joshua and the things that he's going through as he goes into the land of promise to attain it and possess it, this inheritance that the Lord has given him and the nation Israel. Now, Joshua has successfully followed the Lord's command, and he completed basically the first half of his mission, and that's what we had studied from chapters 1 through chapter 12. Joshua has completed the first half of his mission. He had conquered the enemy, and he was now in control of the land and all the cities within that land. Beginning in chapter 13 now, Joshua now must accomplish the second part of his mission, if you will. He was commissioned now to divide the land between all of the tribes of Israel. It was his job now to give out the portions to the tribes as the Lord gave him knowledge, and we're going to see how they did that. They were to claim this inheritance that the Lord was giving them. Back in the book of Numbers, in Numbers 34... The Lord commands Moses to tell the children of Israel what encompasses the land that they were to possess. And he explained the exact borders of the land and even appointing men from each tribe who would basically lead them into that land. It was a land that they inherited. Now, the word inheritance becomes an extremely important word as we now begin this next study. It's found over 50 times during the next several chapters. It becomes a very important word. And in the Hebrew, the word is derived from the Hebrew word nahal, N-A-H-A-L, which simply means to take possession. So it is an inheritance, but as we talked about last week, the Israelites now needed to come in and they needed to take possession of the land that was their inheritance. It is interesting 
Because the Jews inherited the land. And they inherited from God. They did not win the land. And it wasn't spoils of the battle. They didn't purchase the land in any business deal. It was given to them. And the Lord said, I have given you this land. Now go in and possess it. The Lord had given them the land. So the Lord was the sole owner of the land. It was his land. And he was giving it, basically, he was leasing it back to Israel. Take a minute, turn to Leviticus 25. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus 25. In 25 verse 23, the Lord is speaking. He said, the land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. So the Lord declares that this is his land. And he's given it to Israel as an inheritance. So he becomes their landlord. He becomes their landlord. And he's given it to them as a possession. Here, take this. So being a landlord, you might ask, well, if he's a landlord, what's the rent? What would be the rent? Anybody have an idea? What would be the rent that Israel must for the lack of a better term, give back to God to possess the land. Obedience. Obedience to the law. Obedience to the law. And as long as they honored God, as long as they honored Him and worshipped Him as God, the only God, they were able to stay in the land. What happened when they were disobedient? What happened when they disobeyed God and worshipped other gods, brought idols in and worshipped them and played the harlot? Read Jeremiah. God cut them off at the knees and took them away for 70 years because they failed to do, so he evicted them. God basically evicted them out of the land for 70 years because of disobedience. But when they did, when they obeyed God, when they obeyed his commands, worshipped him and him alone, and I keep saying that because there were so many idols that surrounded Israel, the more that they didn't possess the land that they were supposed to, the more the idols bled in there, and they were susceptible to these idols. The Lord wanted to worship them. I am the Lord your God. Worship me and me alone. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and strength. You shall love him and him alone. The Lord your God is one. But if they did that, then... They prospered. They prospered and they were blessed abundantly. They prospered extremely and they outnumbered everybody in town. They continued to be prosperous. He would keep their nation at peace. If you remember back in Joshua 8, verses 30 to 35, you don't have to turn there. You can just jot that down. Israel agreed, remember, to the blessings and the cursings of the law. Remember when they stood there and they had that big consecration before the Lord, and they agreed to the blessings and the cursings at the two mountains, they agreed to this. They agreed to the terms of the lease. It's like when you rent an apartment or when you rent anything, you agree to the terms of the lease. You will abide by the terms of the lease. If you fail to abide by the terms of the lease, you get evicted or you lose possession of that which you are leasing. So that's what we see here. When they accepted this lease, There was a name for it. It was called the Palestinian Covenant. It was called the Palestinian Covenant. It was a land covenant. You do this, you get the land and are blessed completely. If you don't do this, you lose the land. So Israel was blessed abundantly. But the ownership of the land was purely a gracious act by God. 
Their possession and enjoyment of the land depended upon one thing, and one thing only, their submission and obedience to the Lord. If you can find that in Leviticus 26, you can also find that in Deuteronomy 27 and 30. For more on the Palestinian covenant, you can read up on those things and see how they came to be. But the promised land was a gift from God. It was a land that had been promised to who? Who got the promise first? Abraham. Abraham received the promise first way back in Genesis 15. Abraham received this promise. I'm going to take you into a land. And he showed him. Remember, as far as the eye can see, he showed him. He took him up on the mountain and showed him all the land that Israel would inherit. This was a covenant that he had made. So let's apply this to our life. Let's apply it now to our life, victorious Christian. The abundant life through Jesus Christ is purely what? A gift of God. It's purely a gift of God. We certainly did not earn it. We certainly couldn't work it up and work towards it and earn it better. It was totally a gift of God's grace. And how do we possess it? By faith. We possess it by faith. We believe, and then we submit to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience to God. When we have trouble. When do we have trouble in the abundant life? When we're not walking in obedience to the Lord. When we're walking in not in submission to the Lord, we find ourselves in trouble. We find ourselves in peril. We find ourselves thinking, oh, what happened? What's going on? Well, we're not walking in obedience to our God. We also have an inheritance. Our inheritance is becoming a son of God, becoming a child of God. And we have the exact same inheritance now. We've been given this inheritance and we earn it by faith. So as we study this distribution of the land, We can glean from these verses spiritual lessons for us to apply today as we desperately want to enjoy our inheritance. We want to enjoy our inheritance that we have. And we keep going back to John 10.10. I've come that they might have life and life more abundant. Remember we said last week that that and the promised land are equals. That's the same thing. It's always the same thing. So as we begin this, we'll look at that. So let's read chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. I know we looked at 1 last week, but let's read again 1 through 7. Chapter 13, verse 1. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that yet remains, all the territory of the Philistines, and all that is of the Geshurites, from Shior which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is counted as Canaanite, the five lords of the Philistines, the Gazdites, the Ashkenalites, the Gittites, the Ekronites, and the Hivites, from the south all the land of the Canaanites and Merah, that belong to the Sidonians, as far as Aphek, to the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebelites and the Lebanon, toward the sunrise from Baal Gad, below Mount Hermon, as far as the entrance to Hamath, all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook Meseroth and all the Sidonians. Them I will drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. Now, Joshua's getting older, he's advancing years. We talked a little bit about this last week. Some of the translations says he was stricken. He was stricken in years. And it simply means that he's, he's getting old now. How old was he? Well, they believed that he was about 40 years old when they left Egypt. 
They wandered in the wilderness for about 80 some odd years. All right. We don't know how long this North and South conquest took, but we do know several things. We do know that in chapter 14, verse 10, that Caleb, his buddy, is 85 years old. And we also know that Joshua was a couple of years older than Joshua. But if we continue on in Joshua, in Joshua 29, he dies at 110. So there's your span. He's in that area. That's, where, that's how old Joshua are. The events are now studying possibly could have taken place when he was over 100 years old. We're not sure. We don't know when these places took place. But the fact remains, Joshua's old. Lord recognizes the fact that he is old and advanced in years, but yet he says, but you still need to possess the land. There's still some land that you need to possess. See, God is not a respecter of people, and he's certainly not a respecter of age either. See, we get hung up on age. I know sometimes I do. I think I'm too old to do this and too old to do that. I mean, Moses didn't even start his ministry until he was 80 years old. Is that that mind-boggling? You know, you look at, you look at these, these, these people and you think, well, they're, they're, how old can they be? Well, God can use you any age. It doesn't matter what age you are, God can use you. If you've submitted yourself to him and you've given yourself to him completely and you, you, you believe and you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, God can use you in any age. We, we know that some of these great, great revivals, some of these great revivals over in, the, in, in, in England and Scotland and Ireland and stuff like that happened through, one of them happened through a young girl who was less than 10 years old when the Holy Spirit hit her and the whole revival started. So God can use anyone. What's he looking for? What's God looking for according to scripture? He's looking for a heart, a heart that is perfect towards him. A heart that he can work through, a heart that he can use, a heart that, that wants to be used, that's pliable to him, a heart that's submitted to him. And that's what you had in Moses, that's what you have in Joshua, that's what you have in these saints that we're looking at. The fact remains that the Lord says to Joshua, hey, there's a lot of land to be possessed. We talked about this last week, we talked about it in length. As a victorious Christian, you still have land to possess. There's still areas in your life that haven't, you haven't been victorious over. I can say that because there's areas in my life that I am not victorious over. So as a Christian, there's still work to be done. And as long as I'm breathing and in this continuing, I have to know that God still wants to use me and do a work. If he didn't, then I would pray that he would take me home. But as long as we're here, there's work to be done. And I need to continually submit myself to the Lord, continue to submit to him what's going on in my life, and allow him to do things as he brings them up and shows me. So we're to possess all the land, all the land. Israel, this is a big fault with Israel. We're going to look at this. We looked at it last week. We'll look a little bit at it tonight. We must take possession what the Lord has given us. I like to say, by faith we believe, and by faith we receive also. Everything we have, look at what you have in Jesus Christ in the first three chapters of Ephesians. Everything that is in that book, we have been given by God's grace, but we receive it by faith. We receive it. We believe it. We receive it. So the Lord outlines all the land that he wants to give to the Israelites as an inheritance. And you have that one map, and I think it's a pretty interesting map. It's this one right here. And you can see the shaded area. That's the land that Israel was given. 
That's the land that Israel was given. It looks like this. That's the land that Israel was given. It's amazing. And you can see up here, it tells you this little strip up here is what Israel now has. And they don't even have all of that because they lost a lot of it when, when they've been giving it back to the Palestinians little by little. The West Bank, Gaza, and Golden Heights, they give those areas back to the Palestinians. So you can see the land that they were supposed to have. That was the true inheritance. So they come down, and there's a predetermined lot arranged and chosen by the Lord himself as an inheritance to his people. And it's interesting. We see the system that they use to choose the land. Look at chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. These are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. Their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. So basically, they drew lots for their land. They drew lots. And it's interesting that back in Numbers 34, once again, this was all set up by Moses. It was all set up. All Joshua had to do was follow Moses' rules, which he got from the Lord. But they cast lots. They cast lots to decide the Lord's will. In Proverbs 16.33, it tells you that this was the proper way of finding out the Lord's will at that time. They cast lots. You can read that. Proverbs 16.33. Now, here comes the big question, Bible students. Name me a time other than they cast lots for Jesus' robe, which isn't the same thing. Name a time when they cast lots in the New Testament. Oh, where's my Bible scholars? No, I, that's, when they, that's when they were dividing lots for his, for his coat. That's not right. Right. Matthias. Matthias. They chose a couple people. Remember, Peter said, wait a minute here. Somebody's missing. We have to fulfill what the Lord has done. And we have to make another person take Judas's place. Because Judas went out and killed himself. So it says in Acts 1, they cast lots and the lot fell on Matthias. We had a big discussion on that when we went over the book of Acts, believing that we believe that the Lord's truest apostle that he chose was Paul, but that's another story. I'm sure Matthias is a great guy. I'm sure he's an apostle. I'm sure that he, we never read anything about him. There's nothing never, we never heard about. Him. In fact, through the entire book of Acts, you never hear the word Matthias named again. So, but anyhow, you can make a big story about that. But God determined the precise area, not only of the borders, but where each tribe would settle and possess. And you can see that. We're going to talk about this today and tomorrow. That's in the second handout I gave you. You can see where all the tribes, all the land that they possessed, all the land that they possessed. Tonight, we're going to be mainly looking at half of Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben on the east side of the Jordan River. That's basically what chapter 13 is about. So God determined who would get what. Each tribe then would be responsible for driving out all of the inhabitants of the land. They had to possess it. God gave it to them. And look what it says. Remember when we read? Look at verse 6 in chapter 13 of Joshua. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as Mizaroth and all the Sidonians, them. 
those, all those people that he just listed from one to six, them I will drive out, out from before the children of Israel, only divide by lot to Israel as an inheritance as I've commanded you. Now therefore divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. God given this land to them. Again, they have to possess it, but God gave it to them. God gave it to them by his grace. He had given it to them. So one of the major problems we have, victorious Christian, and this is a play on words, but we're not happy with our lot in life. We're not happy with the lot that God gave us. And we murmur and complain over the lot that God has given us. We murmur and complain sometimes about our spouses. We murmur and complain sometimes about our work. We murmur and complain sometimes about our money issues, etc., etc., etc. We're murmuring and complaining against God about our lot. That would be like Israel now complaining, Manasseh saying, Hey, wait a minute. Ephraim got a better place than I did. Or what about those guys over there? You know, when we keep our eyes on other people and we begin to covet what they have, we, we get to some dangerous area. We get into some dangerous area. We fail to realize that God's potential in us and possess all that he's given to us. Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you are born again into a living hope, then God has given you as much as Christ as he's given me. Have you possessed all that God has given you? Have you taken all of Christ? And for yourselves, have you gotten it all? But yet we compare. Well, you know the old airs, the grass is always greener on the other side because we look over there. The Lord's using that guy more than me. We're not happy or content in the lot that God has given us. To be an abundant Christian and, and, and enjoy the abundant life and be victorious, there's contentment. Paul says, I've learned how to have nothing. And I've learned how to abound. In all things, I'm content in Christ. Contentment is huge for the victorious Christian. Contentment is enormously huge for the victorious Christian. Because if we're content with what we have, we're not always looking at somebody else and wishing we had what they had. Good brother, look around you. Look around at the world. I don't know about you all. There ain't nobody I want to change places with. I don't feel like changing places with anybody. I'm real happy with what God has given me. And I have enough, believe me. So we can't feel that way. We can't be disappointed. We can't be disillusioned because someone has been given a bigger lot than we have. And you look at this map and you can see that some of them got tiny parcels of land where others got huge parcels of land. Now, guaranteed, some of the tribes are smaller than others. I'll give you that. But who's to say Dan's not looking at Ephraim and Judah and going, wait a minute. Come on now. Or Ishkatar, Zebulon, stuck up there. I don't want to be next to Natali. I don't like those guys. Or Asher, I get seasick. I don't want to look at the ocean all the time. I'd rather be in the mountains. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but sadly that's all we have time for today. Be sure to tune in again, though, to Pastor Dave's continuing verse-by-verse study through the book of Joshua on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult. So we'd like to make that just a little bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or your computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. and continue to walk through the Bible on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have childcare available, so bring your entire family. You can find out more at assurehoperadio.com or give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Joshua. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this fascinating book right here on Assure Hope.